now. And, and notice her not willing to wait, put her in a position uh, that she suffered the consequences. So she wasn't a good egg. It says she was a bad egg and, and went down to the furnace, you know, to the fire. Biblically, symbolically, you see the kind of the connotations there about judgment, furnace, fire, and that process. So think about how waiting is, is a sign of maturity, to patiently to wait. She, she wanted something. She wanted it now. She couldn't wait. Father thought he could bite and get whatever she wants. So you can see she's suffering from being spoiled, getting whatever she wanted, when she wanted, and how, how she wanted it. But I want to honor us today to, to know that, that God wants us to wait. That there's time that when we want something, we need to learn how to wait on the Lord. Knowing that he is able to do exactly what he said he's going to do, but it may not come how we want it, when we want it, but we must believe, we must trust that it's going to happen. So when you're waiting on God's promise, there's some things, there's some principles that you can apply to waiting. One of the principles is that pray. Tell you that you ought to pray while you wait. And so while you're waiting, you're praying, you're communicating God, you're talking to God, you're letting him know, because I know some of you are just like me, that while you're waiting, sometimes you might get a little bit of a doubt. And so you could talk to God and say, Lord, I'm trusting you, but I'm not sure it's going to work out. And, and you can let God know about your anxiety and let your stresses, and the God might remind you about his words saying that there's no need to worry. I hold tomorrow in my hand. You cannot change what's going to happen, but I have all power. Am I talking to somebody here that understands that I know that I can wait on the Lord, that I can put it in his hands and trust him to work it out? Maybe you might be dealing with some fears as you're waiting, wondering the worst thing might happen, but then you might be reminded that the Lord is my life and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And you might start feeling some comfort coming over you knowing that you know, I feel like I'm alone sometimes while I wait. There's nobody sitting by my side, but the word might remind you that the Lord is a present help in a time of trouble. You might be reminded that there's a friend that's just closer than a brother. Oh, hallelujah. That you can call on Jesus. And so as we know about how you can wait on him, trust on him in his promise. Uh, we're going to look at David, how he too is still operating on the promise. We, we've been introduced to David. David's been anointed. He's been chosen as king. He's exalted and, and been uh, elevated in the eyes of the people for how he slayed Goliath and Saul was hiding, that they made a song about him, how David has slayed his ten thousands and Saul has done the thousand. Uh, so King Saul can only do one thousand, but little boy David, he can get ten thousand. Saul didn't like the lyrics to that song. He like, what y'all say? He said, like, repeat that again. Did I hear y'all correctly? They said it back to him again. He said, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm the king. Y'all, y'all, I'm supposed to be getting the, 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 the big part, but y'all gave me the little part. And so he became jealous. He became enraged with David. But yet here's a situation here that Jonathan, we introduced Jonathan, uh, Saul's son. Uh, Jonathan and David are best friends. And, and Jonathan helps David escape from Saul. Saul gets mad at his son. He even almost, almost came close to hurting and injuring his son in his wrath. And his anger. that's when, Saul, when Jonathan realized that he really wanted to kill David. David, you need to get up out of here. 
Saul tells his son, don't you know he's going to be king over you? John is like, that's cool. That's my friend. And we cannot do evil. And so here's the situation. So David's on the run. He's on the run. He's running for his life uh, because Saul is trying to kill him. Uh, here's a situation that we, we might not forget. Uh, know that the victory that David had over Goliath, Saul rewarded him, his daughter. So David is now Saul's son-in-law. He's trying to kill his son-in-law because he's jealous. But you know, his wife, Saul's daughter, helped him escape too. So Saul met all his children, helping out David get away. And so we find out here in the text that there, Saul's still wrestling with the Philistines. and uh, He's searching and he hears word that David is in God. So he goes there and goes after him. But David is in the cave. And Pastor Price led us early in that verse. It says, New Living Translation says that verse 4, Now's your opportunity. David's men whispered to him, Today the Lord is telling you, I will certainly put your enemy into your power. Do with as you wish. I want to highlight this again, read it to you again. It says, this is what the men said. It says, Today the Lord is telling you, The men said, the Lord is telling you, I will certainly put your enemy into your power. Do it as you wish. I want to encourage you that when you're waiting on the Lord, you need to listen closely to what God is saying and not what other people are saying. They may sound like they're speaking from places of authority and power, but yet you need to weigh what they're saying. I'm encouraging you, you might go to somebody who claims to be a prophet, saying they're going to prophesy over you, and nothing they say comes into fruition. So you might come to the conclusion that that person is not a prophet. Y'all quiet on me. And so here it is, they told him, this is what the Lord said. And, and, and so here it is that we know that David did not do what they said because that's not what the Lord said. Mm, mm. People have good intentions. And sometimes they misinterpret what Scripture says and apply it to their reasoning. We've we got to be careful about how we don't understand the content and the context of a text and we make it apply to whatever we want it to apply. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. So David crept forward and cut off a piece of the hem of Saul's robe. But then David's conscience began bothering him because he had cut Saul's robe. He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this to my Lord, the king. I shouldn't attack the Lord's anointed, for the Lord himself has chosen him. So David restrained his men and did not let them kill Saul after Saul had left the cave and gone on his way. Uh, see, see, when you want it now, it, it, it may make you do things impulsively that later on you're going to regret. And, and David realized that his men were saying, here's your opportunity. So David was encouraged by them. So he got close to Saul with murderous intent in his heart. But then all of a sudden it got to him. He says, I won't kill him. I'll just cut his robe. But even when he did that, it said his conscience got him. 
Why, why did his conscience get him? You asked some good questions today. The reason why his conscience got him, because what he did was wrong. You see, he understood that, well, I won't kill him. I'll at least do this. Uh, but yet he still attacked. He still went against God's anointed. Mm-hmm. Though he did spare his life, he still was not totally obedient because he still was intending to lay harm on him. I'm talking to somebody here that understands that sometimes you do some actions, but you know your true intent. You could tell somebody else, oh, that was on accident, but you bumped into them on purpose. You, you want to let them know, I want you to feel my presence. But you would say, oh, excuse me, I, I didn't see you standing there. Y'all are love talking to somebody here that understands that there's some times in my life that my heart's not right. I don't go all the way, but I go part way. And so David's conscience got him. Why did his conscience get him? Because your conscience confirms what you have done. Because what he did was wrong, his conscience reminded him what he did was wrong. And since his conscience got him, he understood that, man, I should have even done this. And so he regretted immediately the process. I praise God for his will and his word that it convicts us that when we do something that we know we should not do, it will convict us, it will help us, restrain us, that we don't go all the way. Anybody here glad I can't go all the way? Oh, hallelujah. Lead us not into temptation. <laughs> Deliver us from evil. Oh, thank you, God, that you can remind me, encourage me, that though I'm about to go all the way, but you stop me. Oh, hallelujah. And I, I'm able to correct and fix. There's not too much damage being done. So he understood that, okay, I, 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 I shouldn't have even done this part. And, and it's bothering me that I cut Saul's robe. Uh, he, he understood that if I have done what I intended to do and what they were telling me to do would have been wrong. But even that, David might have been setting a precedence because he knew he's going to become king, that if they did this, if I do this to Saul, they're going to do it to me. Same is true, right? Do unto others as you have them do unto you. So basically what David's pointing out that even when I'm wrong, I still want somebody to show mercy on me. Y'all quiet on me. Amen, lights. I'm so glad that even when I'm wrong, God has mercy on me. Oh, he, he has every right to cut me down, but great is his mercy. Oh, hallelujah. It is good to wait. Waiting on God will eliminate mistakes and regrets. If David acted on his first impulse, he would have greater regret than what he has right now. He felt remorseful even as cutting off the corner of Saul's robe. And Saul still didn't know what he did. Isn't that something? Even when you have done something that nobody else knows has done, it still bothers you because you know you did it. So don't fall for that lie. Nobody will know, yet you will know. And so if you know about it, then you correct. Nobody knows. But when you know, it bothers you. It hurts you. It pins you. It turns you. And so you got to turn it over to God. Because your conscience always reveals your sin. Your conscience will confirm the actions that you have done, whether it's right or wrong. And so David teaches us to respect God's will by saying that, Lord, you have him as king. And so when the time is right, you will remove him as king. See, David would lead by example of how to fear God. Because not only did David understand this truth, but he shared this truth with his men. There's times in our lives that when you understand the truth that God has shown you, you need to tell somebody else. So that they might know the privilege and the promise of God moving in their lives in the same way. He knows the Lord will make him to be king. And, and David wants to go and do it the right way. Tell your neighbor, do it the right way. 
And so David showed us how to wait on the Lord by realizing that I, had a, I have the power right here that I could kill him and I could become king. Because y'all know I've already been anointed king. <laughs> Samuel done laid the oil on me and called me to be king. Matter of fact, God said, I'm a man after his own heart. I got every right. I killed Goliath. I'm the man in this place. But no, he was humble. Can somebody say humble? He humbled himself and realized that, Lord, you have thine own way. Why is that? Why, why, why could he trust the Lord? Why could he understand that I can wait on the Lord? Because the Lord is just in all his ways. That means he, he is going to be right in his actions. He's not going to be wrong, no matter the time frame, no matter the way. One thing I realized about studying God's word, about how God moves, that, that, that growing up, we know, uh, I remember in Sunday school, we studied about the children in Israel going from Egypt and how they had to go around for 40 years. But yet the text tells us clearly that when they went straight out of Egypt, says God took them a roundabout way. It could have been a straight shot. But it says, the Bible says, God took them around the pathway. Reason why? Because he, was, he knew that they would turn back the moment they faced adversity. Mm. And, and what it says to me is that God knows that I know what I, where I need to get you, but I know how to get you there. Uh, you want to go this way, but you won't make it if you go this way because you might face some things that you're not able to withstand because I know how much you can bear. I, I know your weaknesses. I know your strength. So I'm going to put you in a position that you may succeed. Anybody here glad that God knows you better than anybody else knows you? And he'll put you in a place in a position for your success. He'll put you in a place in a position that you will be elevated. You will be congratulated because you are trusting in God more over your own strength, your might, your knowledge, your wisdom that you start realize it had nothing to be, be be with me, but it had to be God. People start coming up asking you questions like, how do you get this? How do you do this? You can let them know that it had to be God. Uh, because I'm not smart enough. I'm not intelligent enough. I'm not gifted enough. But it's because God has placed me here. I'm able to be here. If you look over in the Bible, notice all the characters God's chosen. They had, they had no qualifications, but that God chose them. Aren't you glad that the only qualification you need is that God chose me? Oh, hallelujah. So God chose David. David's trusting God in his promise. Not understanding how long it's going to take, but he's willing to trust him. The Lord blesses those who obey his commands and seeks his way. The Lord keeps his promise of his word. Therefore, David knew that his innocence would be revealed, and he waited on the Lord. This allows him to face adversity because he had confidence and a clear conscience. Because he's, on the, he's, he's running for his life for something Saul said he did wrong. But he has not done anything wrong. And so, I, I, I don't know if you've been there before, but have you ever been attacked and, 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 and somebody's attacking you, accusing you of things you have not done? And you're trying to find your defense. You're trying to find people to back you up, to, to help you out, to let them know I did not do. And, but yet you can't find anybody to agree with you because they don't know what's going on. They can't identify what the problem is. And you start feeling like I'm all by myself. How can I go? Let me help you out. You can call on God. David understood that, God, you be my witness, you be my judge, you be my jury. You help me out in the midst of my adversary, in the midst of this conflict. Will you let me know that you're going to work it out? And the reason why David could go before God, because he had a clear conscience. That's how people can stand up before a judge and say with unequivocally, not guilty. Because I know with a clear conscience, I'm not going to confess to something I did not do. 
Oh, I wish I had somebody here that understand that. When I know the truth, I'm going to stand on my truth and speak the truth because I'm going to live this truth. He stayed humble in his position and trusting and God knowing that, God, I turn it over to you. So the text tells us David came out of the, and shouted after him, my Lord, the king. And when Saul looked around, David bowed low before him. Now, I want to encourage you to, to look closely here in this text. It says that David came out and shouted after him. I want you to look closely in the text and realize that David came out and shouted after him. Why am I asking you to pay attention to that? Because Saul was looking for David. And he was not looking to give him a hug. He was not looking to see, hey, can we set a date to meet next week? He came with 3,000 men ready to kill. And yet David came out by himself. By himself. Why did he come out by himself? You asked him another good question here. Because he was confident that God was with him. He had a clear conscience. I've done no wrong. So he shouted after him, Saul, why, what sin have I done against you? He's letting him know, look, I, I, I had to, my that dagger out. I could have taken your life, but I just took your robe. Mm. Mm. Look, look at this. <laughs> He says, my men, some of my men told me to kill you, but I spared you. For I said, I will never harm the king. He is the Lord's anointed one. Look, my father, at what I have in my hand. It is a piece of the hem of your robe. I cut it off, but I didn't kill you. This proves that I am not trying to harm you and that I have not sinned against you, even though you have been hunting for me to kill me. Isn't that something? He said, here's proof I'm not out to hurt you. Even though that's all you've been doing, hunting to kill me. See, this powerful speech of David teaches how to wait on the Lord by trusting God as we face opposition and adversary issues. We need to speak the truth and live the truth so our words line up with our actions. Notice that he's not lying. He's telling the truth. He said, they told me to kill you, but I didn't. I cut off your robe. I confessed to what I did do. Listen to what I did. I did cut off your robe, but I did that to show you I won't take your life. Either I could have ended your life right then and there. Unbeknownst to anybody but us and the men in there, we could have ended it. But look here. I did not do so. Verse 10, this very day, you can see with your own eyes, it isn't true. For the Lord placed you at my mercy back there in the cave. Some of my men told me to kill you, but I spared you. And that's something. This very day, you can see with your own eyes, it is true. David showed us how to wait. Listen to God's voice and not man's. The men were telling him to kill him, but he listened to God. God said, no, show mercy. Mm. Show mercy and love instead of revenge. Why is that? Because God has vengeance. Church of God, I encourage you to speak love and not hate. Look to build and not destroy Look to show mercy and grace as God has lavished on us so generously. Let God be the judge. David could have taken the matters into his own hand and and results may not have been the desired result. Therefore, David submitted to God and his will and trusted God to work it out. For God to be his advocate in the time of trouble. He trusted God to be the judge. Look at closely there, verse 12. Now what it says? May the Lord judge between us. Perhaps the Lord will punish you for what you are trying to do to me, but I will never harm you. He pointed out, he said, look here, if harm is going to come upon you, it's going to be by God's judgment, not mine. Mm -mm. 
I know some of us want instant justice on some people. You want them right away to suffer for how they hurt you. But yet, here's the situation. You need to be just like David says, I'm not going to harm you, but I'll let God choose what he's going to do. Because God is in control. As the old prophet says, from evil people come evil deeds. So you can be sure I will never harm you. For who is the king of Israel trying to catch anyway? Should he spend his time chasing one? who is worthless as a dead dog or a single flea. May the Lord therefore judge which of us is right and punish the guilty one. He is my advocate, and he will rescue me from your power. Isn't that something? He's my advocate. He's going to rescue me from your power. I'm trusting God to judge between us, so my life truly is in God's hands. I'm standing here by myself in front of you and all your men. You can kill me right here and here as we're speaking, but yet I'm, I'm interceding on, to, on behalf of God. So, Lord, you move and fix what's been broken. Healing comes over time. Tell your neighbor, wait for the healing. See, what has been broken was a relationship. Uh, remember when David killed Jonathan? When David, I'm sorry, when David killed Goliath. When David killed Goliath, he became Saul's. Uh, uh, I mean, Jonathan's best friend. But before that, he started playing the music, and he became Saul's armor bearer. So there's a working relationship here. Uh, David was winning army campaigns for, for Saul, serving the king faithfully, but the king's jealousy got the best of him. The relationship was broken, and they couldn't be with each other. So when David finished speaking, Saul called back and says, is this really you, my son David? Then he began to cry and said to David, you are a better man than I am, for you have repaid me good for evil. Mm. Yes, you have been amazingly kind to me today, for the Lord put me in a place where you could have killed me. You didn't do it. Who else would let his enemy get away when he had in his power? May the Lord reward you well for the kindness you have shown me today. And I realize that you are surely going to be king. And the kingdom of Israel will flourish under your rule. Now swear to me, by the Lord, when that happens, you will not kill my family and destroy my line of descendants. When Saul is confronted, he repents. Y'all see that there? He confesses that you were paid my evil with good. Hallelujah. Saul understood that I'm, I'm being evil. I'm, I'm doing evil things from my evil deeds. But yet you repaid my evil with good. You understand that God wants us to do the same thing? Don't repay evil, evil, but repay, turn away from evil and do good. First Thessalonians 5 and 15 tells us, See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. First Peter 3 and 11 says, Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Saul recognized David's mercy towards him and his kindness. And just as we too can recognize God's mercy towards us, and his kindness. That even though we've done evil, God has returned, be paid us with good. Because he's a good God. Saul realized God's movement in David's life. David sparing Saul helped Saul to see God's favor on David. And when God will lead you, it will help others to see how God's moving in you. I need to say that one more time because somebody missed it. When you're letting God lead you, it will show other people how God is in you. Saul was thinking that he was doing something wrong, but he realized that, no, God has favored you. Your kingdom will last. I want to encourage you that when nobody else can speak up for you, God can move and speak up for you. When everybody else is doubting you and don't believe in you, you can let them know that God has chosen you by you to stay humble 
and obedient to his will. Wait on the Lord. So pray and seek direction from God or over directions from others. I'm encouraging you to see how the word lines up with the direction you choose to take to make sure you've heard clearly what God has asked you to do. And then in every decision, I'm asking this to seek love, mercy, and gentleness as God will have you to show one to another. And through all these steps, trust God. Trust God fully and openly with an open heart. And I will close with this, while we wait on the Lord, be reminded that as we're serving him, we're, we're waiting for his return. As James 5, 7 says, dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the viable harvest to ripen. What it's saying is that as I'm waiting on God, I'm waiting for fruition. I'm I'm waiting for prosperity. Basically saying, I'm waiting for my victory. I'm waiting for whatever God has promised to come through. I planted a seed. I want to see the fruit of my labor. I want to encourage you that if you put your trust in God, that's still planting your seed, you will see the fruit of your labor. Jesus says, I am the true vine and you are the presence. If you abide in me, what? I abide in you. So just trust in God. Don't lean on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him. Wait on the Lord. Trust in Him. Give yourself away to Him. Surrender to Him. And open yourself to be moved by Him. And He will lead you where He wants you to be. Let us pray.